0: We are excited to do a little Monday reaction on the slate of college football here with CJ. Going to give us a stat on the on the, one of the big upsets there. How long it's been since Oklahoma has lost two consecutive games. Man, it almost kind of looks like the Sooners are like that famous little pitcher that was swirling around last year after the, the Boomer Sooner wrecked in the game versus WBU. Will's maybe coming off there a little bit Um. Still a great program and a tough team, but, man, it has been a long time, so they've lost two straight CJ I'll give us that answer here later on in the podcast for you. Um, and then also we we'll kind of really looking Big 12 heavy. A uh, good weekend in the Big 12 and some interesting things that happened there. And the SEC, you know, week two. So learning a little bit more about each of those teams and where they might be at, where, where we might have been wrong at. Uh, big win for the lane train down there. Um, for the old Miss Rebs coming in to the big grocery store there in, in Lexington, Kentucky, and finding a way to beat the Wildcats. An insanely um, exciting football game. It was a bunch of good games throughout the entire weekend, and we're going to break them down with CJ when we come back. You know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, feel Stout. I know I just did. And if it's in the evening, grab the drink and enjoy as we kind of dive in and, and break down the week of football that was in the collegiate game for October 3rd here on The Porch.
1: Hey hey, what's going on, man? Not much,
0: brother. Good morning to you, man. It's a good Yeah, good morning. Good Monday, you know, if there's such a thing. A little <laughs> yeah. little uh little overreaction Monday or maybe the correct amount of reaction Monday. Depending on uh depending on where you land, I guess.
1: Uh yeah, I think it depends on where you land, maybe what team you're a fan of, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, definitely going to be a armchair uh, quarterback type on Monday. I think.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, CJ, let's let's kind of that's um, why we're here. We're breaking it down a little bit here. The the slate of college football. We like doing it so much beforehand. We thought, you know, let's let's kind of get into the weeds and uh, talk about the games. You know, a couple of days sooner than we normally would. Um, man, obviously the noon window. We were obviously locked and loaded in with with uh, what was going on in Morgantown versus Baylor. But did you catch a lot of the other games? I did not get to catch as m- much of the noon kicks as I would have liked to. Have.
1: Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I, I think it was kind of surprising too because some of the scores as they came in, it was kind of, as you saw them, kind of ticking across the bottom. You were kind of like, wait, what? What is going on here? But mm-hmm. no, I didn't catch quite as many of them as I would have liked. Um yeah, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, we were so locked in on Baylor, West Virginia and the game was
0: a great really game. Aff-
1: Yeah, it didn't really afford you a lot of a lot of opportunity to kind of flip around. Mm-mm,
0: mm-mm. Well it also ended up taking the longest of any of the games due to it going to double O T. Um I will say, CJ, I did notice, you know, in the uh the Florida game that Trask and Pitts, the combination seems to be still on track. Um you know, he didn't. He, I guess he's played six quarters this year, kind of got injured in that game, but he has six touchdowns. Uh, Pitts does. So it seems to be uh, pretty important for Kyle Trask to find Cal Pitts this year for the Gators. And, um, you know, they, they kind of got, they kind of uh, jumped out on South Carolina there. We're up 24 at one point and then kind of allowed them to kind of get back in it a little bit there toward the back stretch of that game. Uh, I noticed that one. And then, um, you saw Tennessee was kind of taking control and taking care of business the entire day against Missouri. Not necessarily surprising. Was pumped that the, uh, the total stayed under the 48-and-a-half that I got at game one. I'll tell you that much for sure. Just kept watching the, the clock tick away on that ticker. Um,
1: you had to be sweating that one a little bit, though.
0: A little bit. But you know what, though? You, you felt like Missouri, okay, that offense is bad. And Tennessee, well, hey, we, we know what we're getting out of them and they were going to pound the rock there in the fourth. So it was, I was hopeful to get it home. And ended up doing so. Um, you know, no, another game of the siege, I think, from the new window. And then, then we'll really dive into the Mountaineers here. Two games in particular that I thought were really interesting. Um, went back and watched a little bit of TCU Texas uh, on a replay. And, man, Texas' defense is bad. They they really are bad. They're getting no pressure up front. Uh, Duggan was able to kind of stand back there and do what he wanted. Um, and, and, and their offense seems to – I don't know if you want to say sputtering – but just didn't seem to have that that life that you would have expected them to have against TCU, which did not look great against Iowa State. But maybe we're seeing that Iowa State's more real after Saturday, too.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think you kind of get an appreciation for Iowa State out of this one. Texas's defense is 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 pretty bad, and I saw yesterday um, there's some really growing questions around. Uh, Tom Herman, Herman and, yeah. and and his tenure and his, his seat, whether or not it's starting to get, you know, warm or not. And, I, you know, I got to kind of agree. I mean, you, you kind of escaped with one there in Texas Tech um, and you looked awful against uh, TCU. I mean, yeah.
0: I mean, you, you know, gave it, up 457 uh, yards of total offense, 226 on the ground. You can live with a 231 through the air. But when you're only throwing for 236 and you gave up 231 on, through the air and 226 on the ground, the only thing that saved them in that game was TCU had 14 penalties for 109 yards. Granted, Texas had 12 for 92, but um, that's a that's a losing formula for sure.
1: Yeah, it definitely was,
0: and I'm yeah, I'm not so.
1: You know, I mean, we knew TCU, and the thing is, as we talked about it coming in. You know, TCU defensively not, not. A Gary Patterson esque defense, right? We're used to seeing his defenses right. be really good in the last couple of years. You're not, you haven't seen that, um, and for Texas to not really take advantage of that,
0: um, the two turnovers well, they, too. Yeah, that
1: know? that's that's got to be really concerning if if you're a Longhorns fan.
0: Well, it's like TCU so far this year is what giving up 31 now and 37. So, like you said, not a vintage Patterson defense, but yet good for them. They still found a way to get a W. Um, and I, know, and I know next week, you know, Big, Big 12's got a couple of, of really intriguing matchups. You know, Kansas State-TCU um, will, will go at it. You got Texas-Oklahoma. And how they're going to try and sell that game on Fox is beyond me. Um, <laughs> number 22 Longhorns versus the Unranked Sooners. And then Texas Tech-Iowa State. So, I mean, there's only three games next week in the Big 12, but they're all three really kind of interesting uh, matchups. And, see, you know what? I know we were going to kind of keep this chronological here. Going through the, the slate but man, let's let's just open it up and talk about the rest of the big twelve here real real fast and I think the other big game from Saturday before we hit on the mountaineers I mean, man, what a game by Brock Purdy and the Iowa state the clones there from jack trice beating uh beating the Sooners coming back to do so, but man what what a fantastic football game that was
1: yeah, that one um was uh, for a big twelve game um yeah, you know, I think outside of ours probably probably the best one of the day. Um yep. <clears throat> you know, you you got to give uh, Iowa State a ton ton of credit, a lot of resolve to come back in that one. Um, especially
0: after the fumble when they kind of had it in control and then, you know, for Oklahoma to get what they get and then Iowa State to just continue to grind and and keep finding a way to get that thing done. I was extremely extremely impressed with uh the Cyclones.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was too. I mean, uh, Oklahoma went up you know, gets that score there in the late in the fourth quarter, goes up seven, and you just kinda had this feeling like, All right, here it here it is. All right, the Oklahoma's
0: gonna survive this thing. Boom, um, the big the big return right after that. Yeah, then they felt get like the big return. As soon as they got that, you knew Iowa State was right back in the game.
1: Yeah, and it just it, it, it that happened and I went, Okay, maybe this okay, all right, let's let's see here and you know Iowa State ends up punching it in, ties that thing up and it – Yes, yeah, just, I just – I don't know. There's something about this Oklahoma team. I know we talked about it. You know, if you were going to get them, this is kind of the year to do it. It's but it's defense, crazy. man. There's it no is. leadership
0: on the defense. There's really no leadership on the offense either. You've got a quarterback who's learning on the fly. Yeah, he's he's talented as all get out, but makes that big interception there at the end of the game. In the past, when he had Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, That Lincoln Riley led offense is going to move the ball down the field and they're probably going to tie the game at 37 and go to overtime or at least give minimal time to Iowa State to kick a field goal to win it. This year, he's trying to make the deep make the deep paw, throw the throw the, you know, throw the bomb there, and he ends up getting picked. I mean, I think that's what you're gonna see at Oklahoma this year. You're gonna see more mistakes. You're gonna see them prone to lose games like this one that they lost on Saturday. They've been in two tight games this year, and they've lost them both. I don't know what that says other than maybe Oklahoma is going to be in for a rough season this year.
1: Yeah. You got to think, um, that they are, um, the crazy thing for me is, as I look at this is you you mentioned it and I was thinking about it, um, this morning as we were kind of prepping to do this and, you know, you had a guy in Baker who was a two year starter, um, really Mm -hmm. understood the concept, really understood the game, understood big moments. Um, you know, Kyler Murray, um, while not really have been in a bunch of them, had been around it,
0: understood it. Um and had been in big time football for a long time with Andy right. and then Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. Right. So and you know, with his a talent, I mean he could, you know, mask some flaws if there were mm-hmm. any. Right. Um, you know, and then you obviously you inherit Jalen Hurst, who at one point was probably gonna graduate Alabama as arguably their most successful quarterback of all time i mean he was 29 and 2 at one point yeah. you know and if it wasn't for you know Saban doing what he had to do against georgia you know who knows what what happens there but yeah. and now you're into a guy who ton of talent really kind of learning how to do all of this yeah and it's it's kind of crazy to watch and you can almost see lincoln riley on the sideline like the gear spinning like okay how do i fix this
0: let me ask you something cj and it's real quick it's
1: kind of crazy to see but lincoln riley even looks a little rattled like he's not really sure what to do
0: because he has a quarterback now for the first time that it doesn't necessarily help him with the plan as well um and i'll say this cj i think this is something that i i looked at from saturday and i don't know if you felt the same way or not Spencer Rattler likes to run the football more than he likes to throw the football. If he gets in situations where there's a little bit of heat brought on him, he immediately takes off to run. And I think that's something that can be used against him, you know, unless that gets really kind of ironed out or cleaned up um, the rest of this season, at least.
1: Yeah. I noticed that too. And that's not exactly what Lincoln wants his guys to do. Um, Yep. You know, he let Kyler kind of do a little bit more of it. And that's just, you know, obviously the athleticism of Kyler to allow him to do that. But you could even watch a lot of Murray's tape when he broke contain and broke the pocket. He was still looking downfield.
0: Oh, CJ, the best play I've ever seen in person was when Murray dropped the ball over the, into a bucket to his, uh to, to Marquise Hollywood Brown at Mountaineer field over top of, and I believe the linebacker it's escaping me. I think it was David long. I mean, literally tear dropped it right over top of his helmet, just a, Beautiful ball on the run. I mean, one of the, and like I turned to my buddy who I'm watching the game with, and we were just like, wow. I mean, it's an NFL player right there. And, and you don't have that yet from Spencer Rattler. And something else off this game, CJ, and I think it's, it's a tone that the Big 12 is going to be setting this year. Look at what Iowa State did running the football, right? Oklahoma ran at 33 for 114. Brees Hall won at, ran at 28 for 139. There was an identity there in running the football. And I think that's why West Virginia won. I think that's why TCU won the big 12 while everyone wants to talk about there's no defense and you know this league is is a struggle you know and and, and you have to throw it to win it i think the teams that are going to win this year in the big 12 are the teams that are able to run the football well
1: you know the passing games in the big 12 get a, get a ton of love and they should cuz there's really good quarterbacks in the big 12 right historically there have been and yep. even this year there's some good ones um but you look go back and look you know and all the teams that have finished one or two in the big twelve they all, all the that... teams
0: could run the football
1: exactly they could run the football, you know Iowa State could run the football, Baylor last year could run the football now they were creative in the ways they did it, but sometimes you have to be yep. you have to be able to run the ball because you have to be able to salt games away. you know look at Oklahoma last year should have lost to army, but found a way to salt that thing away because they could run the football you have those moments and in Oklahoma right now is struggling to do that. There's some other teams that are struggling to do that, but you look at the common component of all the teams that won on Saturday at the Big Twelve, they all could lean on that run game when they to run it.
0: the football. Yep, and, absolutely.
1: And here's a crazy thing. I'll throw this little trivia out there for you. You've probably already seen it or read it. When's the last time Oklahoma lost back to
0: back? You know, see Jad I didn't I I didn't I didn't catch this trivia. I know it was out there. I'm gonna say it probably wasn't it's probably back Right in between the Jason White days and uh, I'm going to say probably 2000 and I'm going to go with five. Everybody a chance to answer this question, CJ. When is the last time that Oklahoma lost back-to-back games? Now, this is back-to-back ho- games in general, right? Not just back-to-back home games, correct? Correct. And that was When? 1999. Wow. So in the Stoops-Lincoln-Riley era, they have not lost two home games. That's incredible. Or, excuse me, two games, period. That's that's incredible. I think they're going to maybe have another two-game losing streak this year, potentially, Um, as good as they are. I just – they're – you know, they had chances to make plays receivers-wise and didn't. The transfer from Marshall obi Alawalo had a chance to catch a ball in the end zone and didn't end up having to kick a field goal. You know, those things I think are going to continue to be – and manifest themselves this year. But see, let's talk about the main event from Saturday at noon. The Mountaineers winning a double OT. Whoa. Can you kind of give me your initial, your initial thoughts on it? And, uh, you know, what you, how you felt?
1: Um, you know, I it was ugly. Um, it wasn't pretty, um, which is fine. Um, I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. Um, I, was impressed with their resolve. Was impressed with their grit. Um, you know, this is almost last week. Just the opposite way. Like a game that you feel like you should find a way to win, and this team was still kind of learning how to do that. And this week it worked. Like this week they found a way. And I think it's it's a nice building block. It's another reason to, as as Neil has said, you know, trust the climb.
0: Yep, exactly. You
1: know, this he is did. this is a young football team very young but you know a young but
0: talented team exactly a young but talented team that's learning and And you gotta
1: learn learn ways to to do that and that's and that's exactly what they did this week they found a way to win a game where last week they couldn't this week they found it and it's like maybe this is maybe this is the game we look back on and go this is when they got it rolling. remember dana had that game in the orange bowl when they just hammered clemson and it was like you could see the well, turn coming. Now, did it?
0: Hey, timeout. Really? I, as long as, as much as I want to love this point that you're bringing up, did we ever really turn the corner after that? Yeah, we had five good games, and then our defense fell apart. I don't know if they ever turned turned the corner with Dana. Um,
1: well, you, no, no, no. You, you probably th- have there, a there point. were games
0: earlier on in that year, man, where I thought we were better suited than we were even that game, like the LSU game when we played tighter, the Maryland game, you know.
1: But they were games that you were kind of like, oh, you got to find a way to win those. Yep. And, and now Clemson was an onslaught, but you got that big turnover and then it just started rolling.
0: You got a couple things. Right. Um,
1: is this that when you look back on it and go, okay, this is when, they, when the light bulb kind of maybe came on or started to flicker?
0: I think, I, think you can, I think you can definitely make that argument. I think this game will be a game that we look back on and say, man, this was when some things really got cooking in Morgantown. Another quick thing, CJ, because I think we'll, we'll go a little more in depth on, on the Baylor game, kind of give them a, a little bit of something, something to listen to about that uh, later on here this week. But I, I think a key component and something very interesting to look at from that game, and you brought this up, um, is, just, is just the fact that West Virginia seemed to keep finding ways to win this game, right? They just kept finding ways to win this game, um, even though were, there was a lot of times when they could have found ways to lose this game but they did – they kept They kept grinding, and the grit was the operative word that you used. I think it's the word I used coming off of it, the word Neil Brown immediately used too. You just – you saw it. There was a ton of grit from West Virginia Saturday. A lot of bad breaks happened. A lot of things that could have went – could have went, you know, a couple of interceptions got overturned, bad penalties, you know, bad penalties by the Mountaineers, bad penalties by the refs, just different things. You have a lead. You end up losing it late. You end up having to find a way to win it in overtime. You know, you had to work your butt off to get the first touchdown, and then they score one play. Then the great pick by Tykey Smith. Um, you know, but and it kind of, CJ, I don't know about you, but it felt like that set the mood for the rest of the day in college football for me because, man, the 330 slate, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of working out of the remote there for me, at least, man. It was a great little time after we won that game to kind of flip around to all these other games, and they were pretty competitive games.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was some. There were some really good ones, uh, some competitive ones. Obviously, a couple couple dunkers. I mean, obviously, we knew Bama probably was going to take care of business. but
0: yeah. uh, And then Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State looked more like Oklahoma State on Saturday, too, against Kansas. Granted, it's Kansas. But that was more what I was expecting to see out of Mike Gundy's crew.
1: Yeah, they definitely – they looked like kind of the Oklahoma State you, you anticipate. Now, granted, it's Kansas. But the nice part is 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 the one thing I liked about this Oklahoma State team, seeing what I saw Saturday from them is – you come have a really tough fought game against a West Virginia team that was that, – that grinded you, right, that battled you, that wasn't scared of you, that didn't back down. I think sometimes it's easy to come out of that when you're getting ready for the week and you see it's Kansas, right? And, and, for, those, and for those guys to kind of get be very lackadaisical, yep. but they weren't. From the jump, they were ready to go. And I thought that this team kind of has a very interesting makeup about it. I think they understand looking – I mean, the Big 12 right now is wide open. And I think they saw an opportunity here. We can seize control of this thing, and they did. I mean, right now they are firmly well, in the driver's seat.
0: Well, you, I see you say firmly in the driver's seat, but I mean now. Granted, the other two teams with the other two teams that are with them at two and O in the Big Twelve standings have both lost non conference games that you were scratching your head about. <laughs> Iowa State and Kansas State, five hundred ninety three yards from the pokes on Saturday to one ninety three for Kansas. I mean that's. That's total domination. When you get that kind of uh, that kind of difference, that's crazy. Wallace had nine catches for one forty-eight and two touchdowns, and uh, and our boy Chuba had twenty carries for a one forty-five and two TDs. So they got it done. That wasn't the game we were flipping around to. CJ, I I was just it was great football to watch. I mean, you had the North Carolina BC game that was really tight. Came away very impressed with BC. Or did you come away? Or did you come away like? Did you come away more impressed with BC like I did, or did you come away like feeling like eh, a little more scared about where North Carolina was?
1: Um, I think you're a little worried about maybe where North Carolina is. Um, I, Pass
0: protection is that what you saw too? Yeah,
1: they 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 mm-hmm. kind of got dominated up front. But I, I will say this: I came away very impressed with Boston College. Um, they are a team that you look at and you and you if you go down player by player, position by position, type of thing you're not going to find a whole lot of advantages for them in a game. Uh, but that this team has a fight about them that I love. Yep. These kids understand, I like, like you know what? We might be undermanned. We might be out-talented. But they have this feeling like you're not going to outwork them. And yep. I love I, it.
0: I will say one thing about them, though. I don't want to see their quarterback, Jerkovic, throwing the ball 56 times. I don't think that's a winning formula for them moving forward. Um, Saturday, it kept him in the game. But Yeah, I'd, I'd you know, like to teams, see him
1: try and run, run the, the ball penalty. more. I don't know if the game plan was for him to come out and throw 56 times or just kind of evolve that way. Um, but, I mean...
0: I think, so. I, I, I think part of it was the way the game went, CJ. I mean, you got down, you know... I mean, come
1: on, your you're leading rusher only had seven carries, for crying out loud. Like, yeah. I feel like some of that might have been... I don't know if they kind of came in with like two different game plans and it was like, oh, we're going to see how this thing starts. And, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't think uh, it's 56 a, a success. dropbacks are really where this team's going to find success.
0: No. I mean, a great, great two-point conversion return there from uh, North Carolina at the end of the game there that Trey Morrison took it all the way back to the house and put them up four. And, man, but BC's going to be a tough out, I think, in Chestnut Hill. I'm not sure, you know how how good they'll be other places, but man, they're tough. CJ, by the way, I want a game we didn't flip to, but a game that unless you have something else in North Carolina, no, no,
1: that was pretty much it. I like,
0: I mean, I I do like some of the explosiveness from them. I like Sam Howe. They're gonna have to be much better against VT. A game I'm really excited to see this coming Saturday. Um, I'm gonna toot my own horn real quick here. Saturday, we were, you know, we broke down the slate. What did I tell you? I thought the Cincinnati score would be
1: you. I want to say you said 28-7.
0: I said Cincinnati's fine winning that game twenty eight to seven and by God they were wasn't competitive at all didn't really watch much of it but you just kept seeing like Cincinnati's up 21-0. Oh now it's twenty eight or now it's twenty one oh twenty eight seven okay they're just going to sit on it and they sat on it the entire second half of the fourteen 0 lead that's one thing that I'm a little concerned with for Cincinnati moving forward is are they gonna are they gonna they score enough points in, against against some of these American against some of these teams in the American that they're going to need to score points on, which brings me to that next game, CJ. Which I was real excited and flipping back and forth, you know, between that Old Miss, Kentucky, and Memphis, SMU. Did you watch much of the Memphis SMU game on Saturday? It was an entertaining game.
1: <laughs> um, I caught bits and pieces of it. Um, yeah, it was. That was a dogfight. I think we kind of felt like that one was
0: going to be. Um, did we not think SMU was going to win that game? I mean, it just set up for them. They had played more games. Memphis hadn't played since September 5th, and they had to go play a game a month later on the road against a good team. And they made mistakes in that game that you can't make if you're going to win versus a, a good team in your league. They shut down Bentley, which I was a little surprised about. But SMU did a, an okay job in kind of in terms of keeping everything else going in their favor. The injury to Reggie Robertson was tough. I mean the kid had five catches for two hundred and forty three yards and two touchdowns. Then he gets hurt. It kind of stopped SMU's ability to throw the football down the field deep there. And it kind of sputtered him. But man, what a big kick there at the end to win it. And um, you know, the ponies are four and oh and back now in the rankings after that win.
1: Yeah, no, I was I was very impressed um with the way they came out and played. And yeah, I mean that set up for SMU. They had already played um, had been in a handful of games, like you kind of just had that feeling like they were setting uh, that set up really nicely for them, um, and that that's a big win for that program. Um, you're right, the the Roberson injury was was tough on them, um, but I think to me that game I mean,
0: four turnovers from
1: Memphis yeah. too, though
0: that's you can't win with four turnovers, and they almost did. Memphis, I think, might be a team to to kind of look at the rest of the season as a team. Mm-hmm. Okay, well they got that running game going even without Gain. well against a good SMU team, what are they going to do against some of these other teams? Yeah,
1: I, I, that one I think may have – that's one of those I think it comes down to who you've got under center. Um, and SMU's got a, a guy that's been through the wars, kind of understands it. Um, yep. You know, and I, I think that I mean, helps. I White,
0: White for Memphis is good too, though, CJ. I'm, I'm with you on that, with Buchel being through the wars and knowing what to do. White – I think the rust on White was the problem in this game, not so much that he doesn't have that experience because the two picks were huge. Yeah. And and the fumble and the fumble too that he had late was was important too. I think had Memphis played a couple games before this game, I think they might have been able to find a way to sneak this one out. But because of that fact, they were not. Um and, and man, I mean a college kicker drilling a forty three yarder at the end of the game, um, because you know, Bouchelle took a sack too that took him out of the field goal range there, if you don't remember. And then they make it he makes a great play to get him back in field goal range. So awesome, awesome uh Game that was. See, did, did you catch much of Texas Tech Kansas State, or were you kind of still flipping around everywhere else and didn't get to see much of that? I didn't watch much of that first. Yeah, I so, didn't. Which I probably would. I happen. didn't
1: catch a whole mm-hmm. lot of that one. Um, the the final kind of shocked me a little bit. Like that, you know, I was mm-hmm. expecting some more points than that. Obviously, given how bad TC Texas Tech's defense had looked, um, coming into the year, but. Um, that's a big win, uh, for K State. Um, it's a big win for the not let letdown coming off a big win against Oklahoma and not just kind of having that hangover, um, but to come in and find a way to to get that one done. Um, you know,
0: I I I, big, I mean, you you hold you hold into two sixty seven passing CJ. That's a good deal. I'll be honest. The one play that I saw out of this football game, Kansas State's at fourteen nothing, and. And I'm like, okay, you know, this this seems to be or, you know, 14-0 at half. You know, you're like, okay, whatever. You come back in. I see a touchdown from Texas Tech. I feel like I watched all of Texas Tech scoring plays in this game. And then at 17-7, I watched the kid, Xavier White, bust it up the middle on a little draw 50 yards, right? At 17-14, like, hmm, okay. Then Tech even takes the lead. But then Kansas State does what Kansas State does and kind of dominated the rest of the fourth quarter. I don't know about you. I'm not necessarily sold on Kansas State being this great team, but they seem to be getting it done so far the last two weeks. And, and you know, I don't know about them, man. I'm still not sold, sold on them, but they obviously seem to be playing pretty good defense right now.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, I mean, they're they're a tricky team to kind of figure out because I don't think they're, you know, great by any stretch of the imagination. Um but they've got this fight to them, this belief in them. It, it's kind of weird. I'm not so sure. They're definitely not a team you're just going to roll out there and, and beat. Like, I mean, it, but it, you got to feel like you get the big win in Oklahoma, you follow it up here with a win against Texas Tech. Like, they've got some momentum rolling their way and a bunch of belief right now, which can – which can make it dangerous, especially bit. in a year like this one yep. where nobody really knows what the hell's going on. So it's –
0: I mean, next Saturday, Kansas State, TCU, all kinds of purple in the field. That's a big game because both those teams, I think, are in, in positions that they maybe didn't expect to be coming out of this weekend a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So huge contest there. And like you said about Kansas State, it's, it's climbing, man. It's a culture that he's building on from what they had with – the great coach and Bill Snyder, and he's done a good job there. You have to give it to him. Still interested to see where that goes and how much that belief still translates to right. Well, um, and the big
1: thing to watch out for them too is, is you know, Skylar Thompson got hurt in this game. Um, they yep. now you've got a you know Will Howard, who's a freshman. I mean, granted, he's a you know was a highly touted freshman. A lot of guys were interested in this kid, but kind of maybe seeing how that goes forward a little bit as well for them. Like you know, how long is Skylar
0: out? What what is the yeah, exactly. What is the status there? Do we have any kind Not of word yet. on that? I mean, is he going to be good for Saturday?
1: It's his right arm that he injured. He spent the entire second half in a sling. Um, so I mm. think it's going to be – I think there's probably going to be some more tests and stuff done today um, to kind of see. He. I would be shocked if he played this week. Um, well, I actually, I'd take that back. I don't know if I'd be shocked if he played because the kid's always kind of had that grit grind to him. Yeah, that game um, but with it being yeah, his throwing quality too, at the same time, you got to feel like maybe, depending on really how bad that is, the sling mm-hmm. may have just been precautionary. Um, but we should we well, should know yeah, some more you know what I Think by the end of probably either today or yeah. tomorrow, as far as what his status would be.
0: When you know what else? You know what else? CJ two on that with the node man. I mean, in the games this year, when they don't count, I mean at least don't count for eligibility purposes. Wise, I mean, maybe this is a situation where he decides. Might be better to kind of take a week of take a take a week of rest. Um, I don't know though. It, it'll be definitely intriguing, and I think that definitely he's kind of the engine that's making Kansas State go right now. If he is out for a significant amount of time, that could really affect where they're going to be this season. Um, man, I, another game that was on that 330 level. Man, VT kind of sleepwalking through Duke, found a way to win it. I was really intrigued by that. Had a buddy who needed the the Hokies to win by ten and a half for a big parlay, so I was kind of watching that a, a good bit. Um, unfortunate for him, the VT defense wasn't ready. I I wish I could have gotten gotten into him. He took it early in the week when it was a ten and a half. It ended up swelling up to twelve and a half. You just felt like Duke was sleeping in there and 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 was going to make it a contest, and they and they did. Um, did you watch any of that one? Because I think there's a couple more here that we're yeah, I didn't to kind of hit on here. I didn't really catch a
1: whole lot of that one. Um, I will say this though. We we had a conversation uh, back when we went through this slate. You know, does does Wake Forest win a conference game? And we both said no. I'm going to come back on that a little bit because Wake and Duke have to play each other, which means somebody's got to get a win there. Um, and to be honest with you, right now,
0: I'm, I'll take Duke if it's I'll take Duke if it's in Durham. Uh, I'm going to lean it towards Wake right now. I've like more of what I've seen out of them than mm-hmm. I have Duke. Um, they did beat Campbell, brother. They did beat Campbell. We'll we'll, True. <laughs> we'll we'll definitely talk more about that as we get closer to that game. Man, the game Saturday, though, that I think was underrated, didn't get the love that it deserved, but was an amazing game, was the game in Lexington, Kentucky at the big at the big Krogar. You know what I mean? Between Old Miss and Kentucky, what a game that was. What a heartbreaking loss for Kentucky to lose, essentially, on an extra point in overtime. But, man, Old Miss just kept finding ways. And I think Kentucky – I know we, I was real high on them heading into the season. I'm really nervous about them right now. I, their defense is not performing – Yeah, they're running the football well, but that's not a team that I I, I say is going to line up there and be able to just do what Kentucky's done the last few years and beat you. Now, maybe they'll turn it around, but the start's really ominous right
1: now. Yeah, and I know defensively they haven't been real good. Now, granted, um, you know, Lane Kiffin, you know, offensively is going to find ways to move the ball. Um, But, yeah, I mean, if you're Kentucky and you were trying to take kind of that next step into the, hey, we're – you know, we're a part of this as well. Uh, this mm-hmm. is definitely not how you wanted to start out this year. Um, no. Yeah, I just, I, that's.
0: CJ, they, they, I mean, the Wildcats outgained Old Miss 559 to 459, right? They had the one turnover. They held the ball for 13 more minutes. But once Old Miss kind of figured it out in the second half with Matt Corral, they really kind of got it moving and going in the right direction. They were down 20 to 14. And then. Ole Miss scores three consecutive touchdowns. Kentucky does get the touchdown to get at the O T. Then Wilson makes the great run. It missed the extra point. And then you kinda knew from that point on, well, Ole Miss is gonna score and they're gonna win this thing. When they miss the extra point, you kinda knew it. And good for Luke Logan for Ole Miss because he's the kicker that missed the extra point in the ominous – uh or in the in the kind of the, the 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 big time uh game last year on Thanksgiving where the uh receiver decided to take a little pee there at the oh, end yeah. on the bulldog. So um so good for him that he was able to kind of right those wrongs and, and get a big win for the lane train, man. Excited for them. They're hosting Alabama this Saturday at six o'clock. And I'm not saying Bam is right for the picking, but I like Ole Miss's offense going against them a lot more than the first two offenses that have played Bam this year in Missouri and uh in Texas AM.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Lane Lane's got something kind of special brewing on down there. Um, you know, they they're they're setting up. You know, nice. And the thing is, is they they walk in now one and one, um, kind of an interesting matchup Saturday, um, with Alabama. That one should be should be a fairly interesting one. I mean, if you look down at you know Old Miss's schedule, I mean, the way their schedule sets up, they're gonna play. They they may in Lane's first year. I mean, they could be staring at bowl eligibility
0: very easily. I think. I mean, I don't think. And CJ, I know we talked about this before. I'm not necessarily sure that uh, Matt Luke should have lost his job. I think they kind of had it rolling in the right direction with Rich Rod last year calling offense. But, man, Lane Kiffin's done a great job. I mean Matt Corral, 320 through the air and four touchdowns. If you had told me he had done that last year, I would have never dreamed it. Great for Ole Miss to get that win. Um, a game that we should touch on real quick because I think it's, we're both disappointed maybe in the result. I'm disappointed because Air Force scored the last the last touchdown of the game, which got that game over 46.5. Air Force, 40-7 to seven over Navy. The Red Tail uniforms, their opener, Air Force is going to be a force to be reckoned with in that Mountain West this year. And Navy, man, that defense is just struggling this season. I mean, yeah, wow, that
1: unbelievable. that one surprised me a little bit. I figured Navy, and I figured that game would be a lot closer than that. Um, yeah, that that yeah. defense for Navy is well,
0: and it was yeah. to some extent, CJ. I mean, it was nineteen to seven heading to the fourth quarter. Yeah, but you never and felt like Navy it was, was like Navy defense yeah, it never just really wore felt down. Like man, Navy
1: was in that thing though.
0: True. Good. Good point. Great point about that. Great point about that with them, especially. Um, man, a team that was never in the game was Auburn between the hedges on Saturday night. I mean, they were never in that game. Georgia got out early and often, and they just dominated that football game. Does that? I mean, and I think this is why I say what I say about Kentucky, CJ, because Kentucky dominated or Auburn dominated them or held their own with them in the trenches, and then Auburn just got dominated by Georgia in between in the trenches this year. this past weekend in between the hedges and and it was never close. And you know what else, man? I think Georgia's got themselves a quarterback and it's not JT Daniels. I believe Stetson Bailey or Stetson Bennett is their guy now. I mean, he looked great on Saturday, 17 to 28, 240. They ran the ball well with Zemir White, 19 for 88 against that tough Auburn defense. They just took the air out of the ball and sat on it the rest of the football game after they got that lead. And um, I mean, I don't think there's any reason to, to to look at Georgia and say, man, we were concerned about them last week, but I'm not no, concerned I'm not, about
1: them. Not now, after the way they came out and, and played. And, I mean, they, I mean, they came out. And, you know, you look at this Georgia team and you look at what Kirby Smart's got down there. This, he, There was an interesting question posed um, last week. You know, Saban's never lost to one of his assistants. There's a real mm-hmm. good shot of that this year. It's- because he's got four this of them in a the row, yeah. and three I mean, of them you're kind of like, eh. But Kirby's got a team that very, very yeah. easily I could see beating Alabama. Like, they are physical. They oh, are without with question. Like, there, there's, there's a lot to like about that
0: team. I mean, it is. And you know what else, too? I, I'll say this for, for Georgia's sake. You get up 24 nothing. Auburn's in desperation mode totally at this time. They get that field goal at the end of the half. You hold them down there to a 20-yard field goal, right? And then Auburn's first drive of the second half, they get a 45-yarder. It's 24-6. Maybe Auburn's starting to get it moving. And then Georgia, great drive, takes about five minutes off the clock, gets themselves another field goal, goes up 27-6, and just continue the domination from there. Great win for them. Excited to see, you know, what what the dogs will have coming next, you know, coming in the in, in the following weeks. I mean, that's going to be a team that I don't think anybody really will want to play. Um uh, as we keep keep moving down the season, you know, because we had concerns about them last week, but man, they showed up this weekend. Um, another couple games from the from the late late schedule. CJ, I know you got to run here in a minute, though. Um, how about Tulsa and Arkansas pulling upsets over UCF and Mississippi State? I watched a lot of that Mississippi State Arkansas game, and man, Arkansas defensively, they were tough. And Felipe Franks looked like a leader out there. Was surprised to see that. Was disappointed for Leach's boys that they couldn't get it done. They were real sloppy. And then Tulsa, man, what a win for them. Yeah, Mississippi
1: State, uh, you come off that big win against LSU, um, come out a little flat. Um, Arkansas showed a ton of fight and a ton of grit. Um, so that's a big win for them. Um, it, it, it,
0: I mean, there was a pick <sighs> six to start the game. You know what I mean? And I think that kind of set the tone from there on out for, for, uh, for Arkansas. And they just kept kind of grinding on them. And, and a great win for them. Yeah, Actually, no,
1: it, that, win. that's a big one for them. Uh, so I'm happy for that program.
0: Um, and then – I mean, Costello threw three interceptions too. Was not good. Four turnovers total. No, you're not. You're not going to win that way. Even though they outgained him 400 to 275. And, and
1: I was impressed with the way Tulsa
0: way. Uh, came out and played. I mean,
1: what we saw um, against Oklahoma State, we saw again against UCF. Um, you know, Zach Smith's not a guy who's, you know – shy to big moments. I mean, you know, he's a former Baylor guy. So, I mean, he's, he's been in some big ones, uh-huh. understands that. Um, and Tulsa came out with a ton of grit. They weren't afraid. They weren't scared. They weren't intimidated. Um, and, and, and they they were... Not yeah, at all. I
0: mean, none of that game felt away from them. Um, they snapped the 21 game winning streak at home for UCF. So now there's the nation's new longest home winning streak. Smith was 17-29 to for 273, three touchdowns. They had two running backs over 60 yards. They ran for 165 in the game. They kept grinding on UCF, um, and that's the blueprint to beating them. Tulsa now has beat them two years in a row. Um, they've got their number. Phillip Montgomery, Tulsa's going to be a tough out the rest of the season for sure for anybody and that anybody throughout the world of college football. Um, very impressed by the Golden Hurricanes Saturday. And then, CJ, I think we, we, we can't not mention these two teams. They both scored 41 points. They played in the National Championship against each other last year. LSU got back on track, beating Vandy 41-7, kind of expected, right? Got the defense rolling a little bit. And then Clemson, a little tighter than I think we would have thought from Virginia. But Clemson, again, is what Clemson is. And they kind of were never in doubt they were going to win that game. It was just like, are you going to get to that 28 to help people that bet on them? Or, you know, are you going to kind of exert your will a little more in that game? And they never really did. They kind of let Virginia, I'm not going to say hang around in the game, but they never really, they never really kind of put the put the clamps down on Virginia. Yeah, they really dominated I mean, they, they that football up, game. You
1: know, I mean, it was 34-17 after three. I mean, you, you, Clemson.
0: And I guess it was forty you one know, seventeen. Virginia gets fourth, that late then, cheapie. Yeah.
1: Um, you know, but yeah, no, I'm with you. But I, I yeah. think if you're you're Dabo and you're Clemson, uh, you get out of there with a win. It's a conference win. Um, but for Dabo, it's maybe a good thing because it gives him an opportunity now for a week to go with boys. That that's not who we are. Like.
0: And you're playing Miami this weekend and you're gonna to have to be better than yeah. you were this So I think it gives th- him a little weekend, bit of motivation for sure to
1: you know, get guys like you know, Trevor Lawrence and you know E. T. like, hey, you guys are my leaders. You know, it, it, it's time now. Now we've entered the grind. let let's when we we've gotta find ways when we get on somebody's throat to step on it. So
0: yep. So it's if you're kind of, your kind of it's keep a, building on that and not and not yeah, let if anybody you're dabbo, get that a, momentum it, it, against it. It's you, a win you win know? because
1: you get the win, but you also still get an opportunity to go boys that wasn't us we got away with one we won't get away with it again so
0: yeah you better bring your own guts saturday versus miami you know byog man we know how Dabo likes to do it cj brother i appreciate you joining me man i know we uh we kind of fired through him quickly always fun to have cj on the porch there with us uh Riffle through those games pretty quickly, but I think, you know, <clears throat> got the overview of the, of the nation there um, just in the last couple, in the last 40 minutes there with us. Um, Oklahoma's struggling. The Big 12 is not thought to be at that level, but maybe people are sleeping on Oklahoma State just a little bit. Uh, Florida looks really good in the SEC. I mean, Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, I think those are the, potentially the top three ranked teams in the country, all, all landing and all coming, hailing from the, uh, the SEC where they say it means more and uh, man there's going to be some really good games coming here soon in that league as well we'll kind of uh, come on back later in the week we're definitely going to dive in to the baseball playoffs the division series are coming the final eight now it's going to be a great week division matchups in both sets of uh, in leagues east east west west going to be awesome and uh, man a doubleheader in monday night football to look forward to tonight going to be real fun uh, no Cam Newton against, against old Patrick as his mom would say, Mahomes. but, uh, wow, that that's going to be intriguing. And then, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to keep relaxing versus the Falcons, which cannot afford to relax. So we'll get into all those things next time on the porch and also a, uh, a more of an in-depth, uh, longer extended version of a post-game recap on the Mountaineers. So thanks for joining us on the porch and you guys have a great one.